Ask the Podcast Coach for October 1st, 2016. Let's get ready to podcast. There we go. It is that time. It's Saturday. It's 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. And um, if you're uh, sitting there going, hey, that is not Jim Cullison, uh, you would be correct. That is, uh, uh, here's a little background if you're like, who is that guy? Um, he was uh, formerly the program director of one of America's most innovative talk radio stations, WHPT-FM 1025 The Bone. I just wanted to say that just so I could say The Bone. Um, the Bone. He coached some of the industry's most daring talent, and uh, his mission is to coach, to inspire, to empower, uh, to elevate spoken word media and talented people to do it every day. You uh, might know him from The Talent Show, one of my favorite shows. The one and only Michael Sharkey, buddy. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm sorry that I don't have all my equipment. I would show you because I'm in the process of moving. But, um, but you know, I mean, this little microphone here will work and my little camera there will work. That's so it. Yeah, we're, I'm happy to be here. You moved to uh, New York, I hear. Yeah, I just I just moved less than a month ago. I'm actually still in an Airbnb. I'm, I'm actually uh, kind of been bouncing hotel rooms and Airbnbs. But actually, when we're done with this... Uh, I'm going to move into my apartment, which will be in Brooklyn. So that'll be fun. So you'll have people going, hey, yo, Mike. Hey, yo. That's right. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, so, yeah. So if you haven't checked out Michael's show, uh, where can they find that? Uh, anywhere. iTunes, all the all the normal places. Uh, and it's called The Talent Show because it's about talent. You know, I, I, I joke a lot on the show that if I had to do it all over again, I would have called it something different because everybody goes, all right, well, where's the crazy kids juggling? It's called The Talent Show. <laughs> but that's a reference to, you know, being, uh, you know, on air talent, podcast talent, things like that. So, you know, easy name to remember, thetalentshowpodcast.com or my website, zensharkmedia.com. So. And the, the fun thing is, if you're if you uh, obviously all of us have been here, but this is our first week on Huzzah, which is a uh, a new platform because they ruined Fire Talk, which kind of goes back to one of the things I've said all along: don't build your house on a free platform because they can. And I, I knew when Blab went away and everybody went to Fire Talk, I'm like, it's only a matter of time till Fire Talk goes. <laughs> you know, can't handle it. And they they made everybody's uh, show go to ten minutes. You could only have two people in. The fun thing is, I'm not sure how, if you want to ask a question, uh, there is a Q&A panel on Huzzah, which is kind of neat. So you can ask your question over there. And uh, if you want to um, come in and ask your question live, which is always fun, it is a podcast, uh, then uh, by all means in the chat room, just say, pull me in, or I want to ask a question or something of that nature. Because there's no, like, that was a nice thing on Blab. You could just join with um, Fire Talk. You could click on it. There's nothing here to say, I want to come in. So now you have to type that in the, uh, in the chat room. So we will, uh, we're going to make this up as we go along. I've already figured out the way they do this, which is kind of different. I now have to move my chair because if I sit where I normally sit, I cut myself in half. So that's right. uh, not great. But at any rate, I did, uh, I, I went through as I always do in the morning, I go over to Facebook and see what people are talking about. And that's really one of the things, number one, if, if we talk about making a good show, you kind of have to know where your audience is and what they're talking about. And so I thought, well, this would be a good question for, uh, for Michael says, uh, he'd like to know what a producer and he put producer in air quotes. Uh, mm -hmm. what does a producer do for your show? He says, I've never had one for the last two years that I've been podcasting, but I'm thinking I probably might need one at some point. I need one to help improve my show thoughts, suggestions. And this is from somebody's name who I can't pronounce. I'm going to guess it as Marguerite Crispillo. And I probably butchered that. So, uh, Michael, I'll let you take a stab at that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the what we, uh, my time in radio, what we would all, you know, producers were this critical element of the person that really, you know, was always digging for information and not just digging for information and doing the research, but more than that was coming up with creative ways to uh, tell a story, if you will. So, you know, at The Bone, it was, you know, we had producers for every show who, 24-7, we're on Facebook, on social media, looking at things like that, and then saying, okay, well, here's all this information, but here is an idea on how you might 
um, use this information in a segment or a bit or things like that. I think, you know, having a producer for your podcast would act very much the same way if you have that ability. You know, somebody who's kind of there allowing, they're there doing the digging, they're doing the research right alongside of you, but they allow you as a host to focus on telling a better story or focusing on you to be more comfortable just doing what you do as a host, talking into a microphone, things like that. Yeah, I know I've been uh, contacted by people who are kind of acting as a producer. And what they're doing is they're going out trying to get interviews for people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because maybe it's just me. I want the person to contact me, not their per- Like I don't want to work with their people. I want to work with the person because I don't right. I don't know the I don't know the people. I don't know the producer. And it's kind of odd that way. But yeah, it's one of those, you know, I guess is a producer kind of a person that can just do everything that you don't want to do. <laughs> I mean, it could be, I mean, that's funny. Cause I, I've dealt with a couple of hosts that, in the podcast space who, I mean, their producer does all the, you know, I mean, ends up, you know, the lines get a little blurred on how much they, you know, right. some suddenly producers doing social media for you and then the host starts to get lazy and then the show kind of goes to crap. But, you know, but yeah, I mean, a, a great, you know, one of the, some people that I've worked with, I've had shows that, you know, both in the podcast space, more in the radio space where the host was good, but the producer was great. And that's what made the show mm-hmm. great. Well, you worked with, with, I'm sure over the years with different morning crews and things like that. What was a typical day like in radio? Like when they, you know, they're going to hit the air at six in the morning. Right. Like what was the prep like? When did that start and what was going on behind the scenes? Um, usually whenever a show got off the air at say 10 o'clock in the morning, they, they start thinking about the next day's show and things yeah. like that. Um, a, a good show will build their next day's show before they leave for that day. But the average day for your typical morning show, uh, Elvis Duran here in New York, or it's on actually a lot of stations around America or any, really any morning shows, they usually arrive around 3 a.m. Um, and they'll spend three hours putting things together. It could be produced elements. It could be just what stories. I mean, oftentimes when you wake up at, you know, 6, 30, 7 o'clock and you turn on your radio or you get in your car at 8 o'clock and turn on your radio, that show has been doing something, you know, since 3 a.m. basically. Um, and, you know, so that is their, that is their day. A lot of people in the morning show ranks, you know, these are people that go to, they go to bed at, uh, you know, seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night. Um, when they sleep in, that means they're waking up at five thirty AM kind of thing. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy life. It's a, you know, but the ones who are good at it, who can be on live every morning at 6 AM or five thirty AM, you know, it's a special breed of people. They get paid well, the successful ones. Right. The, um, what were some of the things I know, we all kind of live in the podcast world and I know there are things like, you know, um, imposter syndrome and things like that. Were, were there things on the radio side that everybody in radio had the same kind of problems or that not so much the same, but they, they popped up a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, you get common issues. Um, you know, the challenge with radio people, well, the, the challenge with the radio industry is that it's, it's ratings and revenue are built off of a, a, a flawed system. And that's a whole other issue. But um, it's, you know, oftentimes a radio host will have to, best way to put this is they'll have to modify their behavior to appeal to a rating system. The beauty of podcasting is it's extraordinarily authentic. So somebody can say what they want. They can cuss if they want. They can speak like intelligent human beings if they want. Um, whereas a lot of times radio is confined to, you know, talk for 60 seconds, say what you have to say and get out, which teaches you discipline. But um, but you see that sort of across the board. So one of the things that I've learned in the last two years in coaching radio talent versus coaching podcast talent is it just requires a, a very different skill set. Mm. Yeah, I would. Uh, the, the thing that always gets me is people that to, to me, I know when podcasting first came out, it was kind of like there were people that were like, oh, they're the enemy. They're the they're the man. They're, and to me, I'm like, no, these are people that are still able to be entertaining with both hands tied behind their back and blindfolded because you've got, right. you know, you, you have a minute and 15 seconds to be funny. Oh, by the way, the program director is listening and the sponsor wants you to say it this way. And I was right. like, I would not want to have to operate in uh, in that environment. So to me, I, I would, I know I've, I've met a few people that have uh, 
come over from the radio side and they're like, you don't know what a blessing it is. You know, we don't know what we have over here. The fact that you can actually edit. So if something goes bad, you don't have to, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I think, you know, what I try to take with the talent show, what I try to take when I work with people is just the right discipline and the right amount of that discipline. But the one thing I always tell people is I'm not trying to turn a podcaster into a radio host. I, that's why I say, I think they're just, they're different, but you know, there are disciplines and discipline being a good word um, that, that can really sort of change the mindset of a podcaster and really improve, you know, individual shows. Well, discipline is a, a great lead into this question. This came from uh, David Webster. He does the custom paint podcast. So he's all about, you know, we've seen these different places where people are painting cars and all sorts of, you know, the super duper paint jobs. Well, he's doing kind of a show about that. And uh, he had contacted me and said, you know, he feels weird talking to himself. He's in a room, he's he's doing a solo podcast. And he said, any tricks on keeping your thoughts organized? He says, "I, I tried an outline, but it doesn't seem to match my normal speaking habits. So what would you say to that person? You know, I would say, um, there's a couple of things I would say. First of all, um, an outline can be your best friend. Um, the element of preparation, um, you know, regardless of your knowledge of the subject matter, um, you know, I, I feel pretty confident when I talk to myself when I record the talent show, um, but I still do an outline and I still think about the, the, the way my show is going to lay out. So what I would say in that situation is that, you know, it does take time. Like I, I, I I have an issue with with people who go, oh, just hit record and and start talking. You'll figure it out. I think it takes time to get comfortable talking into a microphone. I mean, Dave, you know this. You've been you're hundreds of episodes in that it it requires time to get comfortable being in a room by yourself. In essence, talking to yourself, yeah. you know. And, but it, when you have an outline, and especially you know, uh, even my own outline. I, I mean, I'll script the first 60 seconds um, just to, you know, and I, and I kind of know it somewhat by heart, but I'll still script that so that I want to have that there. And then the, the points that I'm going to hit um, and it just gives, it gives a roadmap. Um, and the most important part of a roadmap is the exit, the final destination. And, um, and that what I always coach people is that, you know, really think about where you want that show to go, put that final destination there and then it gives you that confidence that you're always headed towards that destination, that particular piece of, of content that you want to share with everybody. Yeah. When I was talking to him, he said, well, the, I, I listened to an episode and I'm like, this sounds great. What are you talking about? And I, I, I hear that a lot where people hate it. And uh, he said, well, that was like the fifth time I recorded that. I'm like, well, there you go. I said, you know, it's your whatever third episode I go. It's not going to be even with an outline. You're still going to kind of uh, have those times when. You know, it, it's just not going to go right. I said, and that's right. the beauty of editing. So Christopher says, I had a nice experience using Smile Time earlier this week. Kudos for discover, discoverability and multiple channels on one account. So is that another streaming service, uh, Chris? And uh, yeah, people are saying this isn't as nice a user interface as Fire Talk. It's the first time we've used it. I've, um, I can say, I played with it a little bit before we fired it up today, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I'm sure there will be. You know, we can always go back to Google Hangouts, uh, which is not Google Hangouts anymore. It's YouTube Live or whatever. You have to have Chrome. I, we found this out this morning. This works with Chrome and Chrome. We also talk about fun-filled tools and uh, social media, things like that. Um, I know for a while you had, you were playing with, um, help me with the name. I want to say hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so tell us about that. Um, you know, it's an app that um, uh, I learned a lot about launching a social media app, and I learned a lot about uh, even more so being involved with a startup. Um, but you know, it's a great app. It's uh, it's Twitter with audio. Um, you know, there are we're not the only one out there. There's other apps that are similar to that. Um, you know, I think what what's happening right now with social media um, and sort of you know because I, I do social media work for radio stations and things like that is that Facebook is still king. Even though millennials aren't really on Facebook, Facebook is still king. Um, you know, Instagram is if if Facebook is king, then Instagram is queen. And how beautiful that they you know are run by the same person. But um, you know, the lane of audio social media uh, has yet to be fully claimed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, and there's little 
you know, nuances. Anchor does one thing particularly well. Clamor, uh, which isn't really, you know, audit, you know, spoken word social media. Um, but Hello, which is H-E-I-L-O, uh, it's on the App Store. Um, you know, we're a startup. We've got about a 36-month runway um, to take this opportunity in Brooklyn to actually work with another startup. I'm just, I'm, I took on an advisory role with Hello. Um, but it's a cool, um, easy to use. It's, you know, again, it's feels like Twitter, smells like Twitter, acts like Twitter. But instead of tweeting, you literally hit record, say what you have to say and send it. So it's a, you know, spoken word social media. Very cool. Yeah. And you can find that at, uh, it's H-E-I-L-O.com. Thank you, Daniel, for putting that in the, uh, the chat room. Um, since we have some folks here yesterday was, and I keep wanting to, I want to keep saying independent podcast day. I don't know why I, I've had problems with the name of this thing. And I'm actually kind of, I, I helped kind of launch the first year. It's, um, yeah. International podcast day. It's cause I'm really tired. Cause yesterday was a 15 hour day for, for day. Was, day for you. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, well, it was fun is at internationalpodcastday.com slash live. They had a whole live streaming over there. And then um, Libsyn did a, a live streaming thing and talk about doing things live. We, It's interesting. If you're going to do something live, like today we found out that I had to go into the green room and, and before um, Michael could hear me. Um, and it was funny. Yesterday we tested switching screens. We tested bringing in people on Skype. We tested all the elements we never tested them all together. And the first session was Crystal, uh, who's one of the support people there. And she was a person that was kind of the captain the, of the ship running everything. And so she's trying to get it going and there's no audio. And so, and we find out later that, um, a, maybe the machine where we're using wasn't quite beefy enough to run Wirecast and Skype and all these other billion things going on. And, um, then the, uh, the other thing was there was just a bunch of things. that's like, you know, you just learn things by doing. Uh, I remember once I played in a band and I was playing July 4th and it was going to be cool. We we're on this, this big stage outside and we're overlooking a freeway where they're going to shoot off the fireworks. And we had it all planned out that the minute they start shooting the fireworks, Dave, you're going to go into the star spangled banner. And it was awesome. And we were the headline act and we get on and we're playing and it starts to get dark. So they, they flip on the lights and the power to all, the whole band went, and all we had was drums and saxophone. And it was like, oh, yeah, nobody ever tested this with the lights on. So we had to move in. It was a lot of fun. But uh, so to the uh, to the chat room, if anybody was watching yesterday, any big takeaways from uh, from yesterday that uh, did anybody watch? I guess that would be the first question, because I, I caught uh, John Lee Dumas with Gary Leland. I caught um, this guy named Stephen Hart. Um, I actually did an hour with him yesterday. And um I had, I had to be really careful how I say this, but I think Americans sometimes don't take advantage or they don't know what they have because this guy was just crushing it. And I went over and read his story and up to the age of 16, he lived in Jamaica and he was just talking about going out and hustling and turning off the TV and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know that we, when we, when you grow up here, it's just kind of like, ah, yeah, you know, we're used to having all that stuff. And uh, so it was a lot of good, good content going there. Um, I did find out why, uh, podcasters obsess over their microphone because I locked my microphone in the Libsyn office. And so I had to go with my built-in one on my horrible old PC. And the whole time I'm trying to talk into my head, I'm just going, you sound like crap. You sound like crap. It was just this endless loop in my head and it was quite distracting. Um, Daniel, do you feel like coming in buddy and talking about the, uh, cause I missed the presentation for the, uh, the the uh, gratitude award i don't know he might be sitting there you know eating his cheerios and uh what's uh do you have any stories of being on air were you ever were you always behind the scenes helping people or did you ever have like on air time on a radio or no i was on air for 22 years okay any any famous stories where things just went horribly bad oh my god all the time i mean i literally um i you know uh, there's dozens. I mean, it's, you know, the, the interesting, the, the stories that, that I end up sharing a lot is um, my last radio station where I was at, at the bone, our morning guy was Bubba, the love sponge. And, okay. uh, and so Bubba uh, got a lot of notoriety when he was with Howard Stern. He got a lot of notoriety and uh, with the, you may have seen him pop culture a couple of years ago, the Hulk Hogan sex tape, which Hulk Hogan ended up suing Gawker and this whole thing. 
so to deal with that chaos on a daily basis was just unreal. I mean, it literally like it, it, I don't want to say it drove me to take a sabbatical, but it just about drove me to take a sabbatical, (laughs) you know, but it's, um, it just, I mean, it's just such a, it's interesting because radio people are very different than, uh, podcasters. That's why I go back to what I said a minute ago is that, you know, there's certain techniques and practices to help, uh, podcasters that you can take from radio, but radio people are cut from a very different cloth and, and, you see that chaos when you see something like Bubba's show or, you know, some other shows that I worked with. Um, you know, I'm drawing a blank on, 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 uh, days when things went horribly wrong for myself. It just, it, you, you end up, you know, the one that's why you just, I don't know, you just go with it. You know, it's yeah. like the whole show must go on thing, you know? And, um, it, you know, and that's an interesting difference. And it's one of the reasons why I think podcasting is great is because, you know, live, so much can go wrong, you know, and we would always have engineers and redundancy and things like that. But you know, that's the beauty about podcasting is that if you do an interview and there's a moment in the interview that goes horribly wrong, you can edit it out before you hit publish, you know, and that's, you know, it doesn't mean don't prepare. It doesn't mean, you know, don't anticipate things, but you know, it's on-demand audio. You can, you can you can do whatever you need to do to it prior to actually hitting publish. And I think that's great. But people think, well, I don't want to sound stupid. And I'm like, the only way you will sound stupid in a podcast is if you sound stupid and then release it to the public. Right. You, know, you, you, you have plenty of time to make sure that uh, you're fine and dandy and, and good to go. So, all right. Well, we're going to speak of trying new things. Pick a number between one and 16. Uh, 13. 13. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. That would be the science and medicine category in uh, the podcast app. And now pick a number between once this finishes loading. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, pick a number between, say, one and, uh, I don't know, uh, 30. 27. 27. All right. We're going to listen to the NEJM this week. Now, for the record, I always tell people, you don't really come up with anything new. A lot of times they're like, oh, I want to come up with something that nobody's ever done before. This is not new. Uh, if we go back to the days of American Bandstand, um, now I did not watch American Bandstand a whole lot back in the days of, of Dick Clark, but I've seen videos where they would play a song and it was like, is it a hit or a miss? And I was trying to think of this this morning, like, is this subscribe or die? Or, or I'm trying to think of some <laughs> wacky name for this, like, do you trash it or smash it or whatever right. it would be? Uh, but I thought, you know what? Let's just pick a random podcast, listen to the uh, first minute or so, what this is. Now, first of all, I, I would say the name of the show is NEJM This Week. What do you think that's about? N-E-J-M. Gosh, I don't know. See, that's that's me. When you have to abbreviate the name of your show, you probably picked a wrong name. And I'm not quite sure why they didn't because it, it says underneath of it, it's the New England Journal of Medicine. Oh, we- okay. Weekly audio summary. Oh, boy. RSS feed. There's a great way to scare away your audience. Let's throw in the tech. Um, It's a weekly general medical journal that publishes new medical research findings. Oh, this could be horribly boring. Uh, (laughs) Review articles and I'm just not a medical guy. Again, remember, I'm not the target audience here. An editorial opinion on a wide variety of topics of importance to biomedical science. And then I'd have to click the more button. So we're going to take uh, we'll listen to uh, a minute or so of this. And uh, we'll we'll see what we think here. Smash it or... Welcome. This is the New England Journal of Medicine. I'm Dr. Lisa Johnson. This week, September 29th, 2016, we feature articles on ICD implantation in non-ischemic heart failure, adjunctive azithromycin for cesarean delivery, drug-eluting or bare metal stents for coronary disease, fluticasone volantarol in COPD, personalized oncology, and putting the moves on axonal regeneration. A review article on influenza vaccination. A case report of a woman with bipolar disorder, cancer, and depression. And prospective articles on developing a Zika virus vaccine and on predicting the future. Okay, that's quite the Defibrillator. Now here's, well, I'll let you go first. 
Oh, great. I get to go first. No, I'll, go, I'll go first then. Here's what this reminds me of. If you ever watch House of Cards, the very first scene, the director said that um, there is a, a uh, there's a line drawn in the sand. And they said, because the main character, I don't want to spoil it, but the main character does something that's pretty nasty. And at that point, you either go, oh, and tune out because you're like, I'm not going to watch this. Or you're like, oh, man, I can't believe this guy is nasty. This is obviously the bad guy of this thing. So you either you either love it or hate it right there. So the minute they start talking about Conjuliornianis, whatever right. that was, I was like, well, they're defining their audience because if you made it through that first 60 seconds, you might be going, I was hoping somebody was going to talk about Conjuliornianitis. So I, I get that. Um, thought yeah. their audio, I thought their audio quality was good. What yeah, was your- I, I, I guess I would say that, you know, if that's what you are wanting to listen to, it's a home run. You know, I mean, it's it, 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 I'm not a, a medicine person. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I talk a lot about when you understand your audience, you have no choice but to speak in a language that they understand. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you understand your audience and you, I mean, this person clearly, I mean, she didn't stumble through these words that I've never heard of. So she understands it. So, you know, she's going to speak in terms and she's going to speak in a way that the, the doctors or the, the med students or whoever in new England, they're going to be right there with her. Um, and you know, but that's the beauty of podcasting is that, you know, you can do a show on, paint you can do a show on <laughs> visuals you can do a show on medicine you can do a show on coaching podcasters and as long as you know your audience then uh then you yeah. know how to speak yeah that was it and to me sometimes if i tune into a show especially like that that's a great example and i really have no idea what they're talking about my my knee-jerk reaction is this is probably a really good show mm-hmm. because i'm just not the target audience so I'm, I'm like okay now if i if I got my ex-wife who's a nurse, she'd probably be like, oh, yeah, I know that and the thing and the, you know, but mm-hmm. um, but you notice there are no big intro. I thought audio quality was good. I was really surprised. I was like, oh, this could be depending on who it is, because doctors aren't especially known for being super techie nerdy, um, right. at least the ones I know. So that's something you can try. You know, if you're if you're trying to get off the hump of what should I do with a podcast, because I was really that actually wasn't that bad. I was kind of hoping we we're get one that was just horrible. Um, so, but, um, you know, I, go could, on. I could send you a few, <laughs> I really think these days it's, I, I mean, I think the worst podcast, I, let me rephrase this. The worst audio that I listen to is Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, if you listen to Gary's show and it's just called ask Gary V, I mean, he's literally, I, I swear he's five feet away from the microphone and it's just nothing but room noise and they crank it way up, but I can still hear it, and it's kind of distracting. And I always kind of go, "Why? Why doesn't he get closer to the microphone?" Because it's it's audio that I believe they took off of a camera, which was on the other side of the table. And but on the other hand, it's always Gary's always entertaining. He's kind of like Dave Ramsey. That after a while, you kind of go, "He's kind of saying the same thing again," right. but he does it in an entertaining way. So you tune in, and he's got his little things, and it's. There's always that um, subtleness that he's really into Snapchat. And I think that's kind of interesting because he's also part like he's an investor in Snapchat. And I always kind of go, he never really points that out a whole lot that, oh, by the way, I keep talking about Snapchat and full transparency. He does occasionally, but it's right. kind of like this is the reason you love Snapchat so much is because you don't want it to tank to uh, Instagram and all these other right. things. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I kind of agree with you on the Gary V. I, I, I did a, a, a project for somebody probably about six months ago, and I was, you know, monitoring a lot of business podcasts. And I just, I, I sort of dove into the realm of those podcasts and, you know, why, you know, why some are good, you know, what, what their messaging is. Um, you know, and a lot of the, you know, uh, the, the entrepreneur podcasts, they tend to interview themselves and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they're constantly, you know, self-promotion and things like that. But I agree with you. I, I remember listening to, and I haven't listened to Gary Bean in a long time and I don't, you know, clearly the person, he's successful and he does well, right. but the podcast, I was like, Oh my God. Like, like whatever episode I listened to, he like ran into the room. Somebody was already recording. He started talking really, really fast. The quality wasn't great. And I'm like, 
people listen to this. I actually called a friend. I was like, I was like, I mean, again, guy's successful. Yeah, I get it. But I was like, this podcast, I'm like, I can't I, like, there were so many really good podcasts in that space that I was really excited about. And then I roll into this one that's always, you know, doing well, it's always at the top. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I kind of agree with you on that one. Yeah. But I guess I think that's one of the, the luxuries you get maybe when you, when you've got an established name and you can right. kind of get away with, uh, things like that, that, uh, you know, maybe if you're just the, you know, yeah. And you mentioned something a minute ago when we were listening to that awesome podcast where they were using words that nobody understood Yes, um, that they, there was no produced intro. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I, um, you know, I, I've come to a place where, I mean, there are some great podcasts. I mean, there's great podcasts with intros. There's great podcasts without intros, but yeah, I just, I've kind of come to a place where, you know, I, I think if you have good content, uh, you could just start talking. You know, I'm, I'm kind of experimenting that with the talent shows. I'm doing this 10 steps thing right now where I'm, I just, I took music, I took everything out. I just start talking. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, the radio side of me is like, oh my God, you should put an intro together. You need to produce it all this <laughs> stuff. You know, but, you know, I think if you've got good content and you can grab people, like I give the journal of medicine lady credit, she told me exactly what that show was going to be about. Uh, if I was into it, I knew exactly what to listen for. Um, and, you know, kudos to her. And the other thing I liked about it is once she gave us that tease, we, we cut it off as they started doing it. She was jumping right to the content. Jumping right in. Yep. There wasn't like, before we get to that, let me talk about, you know, subscribe to our magazine or things right. like that. Yeah, um, she got right in. Yeah, yes. I love that. Well, we're going to test something else here. Um, if you're watching, cool. you should see a thing at the bottom because it is the first of the month. And the first of the month is special around here. I've been playing with Patreon. And at the first of the month, we get to say thank you to everybody. So that would be Jim Collison, Allison, uh, Allison, Alan Meisner from Older Fitness, uh, Stargate Pioneer from BetterPodcasting.com, Barry Kessler from BarryKessler.com, Josh Rivers from CreativeStudio.academy, Frank Brill, Dale Henninger. Both you guys still need to send me your website so I can give you a little promotion there. Um, Adam Weddle, uh, Michael in the chat room, Pirate Michael from ADHD Think Tank. Uh, com, Kim Slusher, Jeremy Dennis from JeremyDennis.net, uh, Rob Griffiths from Bedtime.fm. Uh, remind me about .fm when I get done with this. Corey Finneran from IVNV.com. He's going to be coming on the show um, on the School of Podcasting. This is a guy that quit his day job to do podcasting. So that's an interesting little story. Uh, Emily from ClassyLittlePodcast.com, which uh, she just announced is going away. Uh, Gary from KiwiMana.co.nz from New Zealand. Jason from MattTalkOnline.com, uh, David Wilson, uh, the Seahawkers podcast, Craig from Inglaeus podcast. I love Craig. He's great. People were wearing your shirt yesterday at Lipson, by the way. Uh, and uh, Glenn from the Horse Radio Network.com and, of course, Cody Sison. So thank you guys for being an awesome supporter. If you'd like to support the show, go to AskThePodcastCoach.com slash awesome. But, yeah, I, I am somewhat known for having a lot of domains. I uh, – Anytime I have an idea, I will go out and buy the domain, and then often I don't let them go away. And many moons ago, I bought schoolofpodcasting.fm, and I have a streaming version of the School of Podcasting over there. And I was going to let that one go, and I forgot and had it auto-renew. Those bad boys are $79 a year. And I went, not that that's going to break me, but as opposed to $8, $7 for domain name, a .fm is $79 a year. And I went, and that came through and I was like, Oh, ouch. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll live with that, but I might go in and set that one to um, unsubscribe. Cause I'm not getting the whole lot. I don't promote the streaming thing. It's just that, you know, me, I, again, I like to play with toys. And uh, so, but uh, you might want to check your domain names. I've had, uh, I had one slip through and uh, that I didn't want to, uh, I forgot to have it, um, whatever resubscribe. And I, I've had some that uh, went ahead and, Reopt and I was going to let them go. But um, yeah, and then Daniel says he has a .mx domain that are $49 a year. And it is kind of hard. See, the school of podcasting, not if I could let go because I've, I've really never promoted anywhere. And uh, that's the problem. If you have it out through social media and everything is linking to it, you know, then you're kind of like mm, stuck. And that's why I've, uh, I've been looking into there are a couple different tools that I hear more and more podcasters now, you know, text uh, 7956 to blah, blah, blah. Right. And what that does is it subscribes them to your newsletter. And there are a couple tools for this. And I was using um, link pages and they have lead, or I'm not link pages, lead 
pages and they have lead digits, which is again, not exactly the cheapest thing on the planet. And it was one of those where I was going to start using it. It dawned on me that once I start using that, you know, I'm going to have however many episodes in of directing people to that. And so I ended up not pulling the trigger on that. I'm looking at other ones that might be a little less expensive because I don't really need some of these things. They have so many bells and whistles that you have to kind of go, this is something I really need or not. So, um, but uh, as always, uh, if you just joined us, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. There is a Q&A button at the top. I think we're all just used to, to slamming the chat room, which is uh, what we're doing here. But uh, we're playing with Huzzah today. And um, so far, uh, let's, let's take the pulse of the chat room. What do you guys think so far of Huzzah? I, I've seen, I think we're all kind of like, eh, eh, not, not. It's, it's working, sort it's of. It's working, yeah. That's it. I'm okay. There we go. Meh. Yeah, I think we're all, I, I know for me, I'm not used to, I keep cutting myself in half. But you can, if you wanted to, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little picture of a right arrow. If you click on that. Um, uh, Daniel, if you want to call in, you, you unfortunately, you have to say, I would like to call in. So there's, um, see, this is what works. If you put a, a, a question, I can do this. Oh. And, um I can see his question. So if you had a question, you just use the Q and a, and then when I'm done answering it, I do that. So um, Daniel, if you're ready to come in to say, I'm ready and I will pull you in now that you've uh, put some pants on and you're done with uh, the captain crunch. He's ready. All right. Well, we'll see if we can get our first person in here. How's it going, buddy? All right. I was up until four 30 this morning. Uh, I bet national podcast day. Yeah. Well, when, the, cause it starts at what time? The live stream this year, 2016, started at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, um, at which was noon in New Zealand or Australia, I believe. Uh, so we wanted to start about then. N- maybe next year we'll start 12 hours earlier. I don't know. When I mentioned that, Dave and Lee, or Dave and uh, Steve Lee, looked like they were ready to kill me over saying that. <laughs> But um, and then it continued until 3 a.m. Eastern time, midnight Pacific on Saturday and uh, finished up with Todd Cochran in Hawaii and Steve Lee and myself. Because I know when I tuned in, I kept tuning in in between Libsyn sessions. And the one time Steve was there and I was like, wow, this is number one. I've never seen Steve without a mustache. So that was a little different. And then you could just tell as the day went on, they were just. You know, they're talking a little slower and it's like, oh, they're a little, a little tired. So anyway, I wanted to see if you wanted to, to spill some of the beans. Obviously, you'll be talking about this on the audacitypodcast.com, I'm assuming in the future. But uh, you gave out the gratitude award and that went out, what, at five o'clock or eight o'clock yesterday? That was at eight o'clock Eastern. Okay. Because I know that's when we were, we started tearing down Lipson about that time. But uh, can you, can you reveal who won and yeah. uh and, right. and it's really interesting. You're talking about audio quality and such and engagement levels with your podcast. The podcast that won uh, the award is actually not English. It's um, the Espanol Automatico podcast with uh, Caro Martinez. And uh, the way that we measured the winner for this <clears throat> is we created an algorithm that would give all podcasters equal opportunity. So it wasn't a size of your audience kind of thing. It was how engaged is the audience that you have. And one of the ways that we measured or the main way we measured that is through podcast reviews. And uh, we looked at the total number of reviews, but more importantly, how many countries were those reviews coming from and uh, comparing that ratio with each other. And um, Caro's podcast, Espanol Automatico podcast, had the highest ratio, or let me say it differently, the lowest ratio of the number of reviews to the number of countries. It wasn't that pure ratio itself. She also had the most countries of all of the podcasts that were uh, finalists that had submitted themselves. So she had the most global audience as measured through podcast reviews as uh, than anyone else. She didn't, didn't have hundreds of reviews. There were people in the awards uh, in the running that had hundreds of reviews, but they were from very few countries, you know, primarily the United States. Her reviews were really well spread across the globe. 
Hmm. Interesting. So just because they're, because somebody asked me this um, yesterday at Lipson, they said, should I market my show any different if I'm in the UK? And I was kind of like, well, good content is good content. I don't know, you know, that being in the UK, I said, unless there's something that's very, you know, UK specific, but, you know, marketing is marketing and, and, you know, hobbies are hobbies. I don't know unless there was something that was super specific to the UK. If so, that could be kind of a niche of that if it's, you know, fish and chips or I'm just being completely stupid. But at any rate, if you had something that was made you just for Europe. um, But in the end, I was like, I think good content is universal. I mean, because people are listening all over the world. And uh, I don't know that it makes a whole lot of difference, but um, interesting. So, yeah, and her podcast audio was not good. It sounds like she's using an internal microphone in a really noisy, reverby room. Wow. But um, she engages with her audience and teaches Spanish through immersion techniques. And a lot of the reviews said things like, I've tried other programs and I keep coming back to this one, or this one is working for me and other things aren't. And, and the neat thing about it is not only that it ended up being a non typical American kind of podcast. Uh, but that it's another podcast that is making a global difference because she's teaching people how to communicate across cultural barriers, across language barriers. And just that concept alone is like an obvious fit for, yeah, this is worth awarding and recognizing that you're teaching people how to share their messages in different languages. And it's world-changing information. Nice. What was the name of the show again? Automatico podcast. Easy for you. How long did you have to practice that before? Yeah, I feel like I've said that (laughs) more. I've spoken more Spanish in the last day than my entire life, I feel like. I'll have to see because I've always wanted to learn Spanish, so I'll, I'll definitely go once I figure out how to spell it. I'll. <laughs> so I, I just I want to chime in. Um, first of all, Daniel, good to see you. I enjoyed our conversation at Podcast Movement um, and really really dig what you do. I am going to say that I think audio is really really important, and I absolutely with every fiber of my being believe that. I believe that audio is important. I believe that if you want to put on a good podcast and you want people to listen, audio is important. But then there there are those shows like the one you just described where the desire for the content is is the most important thing. Um, And and I just, you know, so it's not that I struggle with it. Absolutely. I think it's amazing that she's doing what she's doing. But I just think that that's a great story that, uh, you know, regardless of a bad microphone, regardless of the, the noisy room, she's got great content and is touching and affecting a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There was a um, talking about just touching people's lives. I'm probably going to share this on the school of podcasting too. So I apologize in advance for the rerun. If, um, if you TiVo'd the Jimmy Fallon show, you know, the tonight show sting was on this week and he had this awesome story that when he was in the police, they were playing um, some hole in the wall place in New York city. And there are three people in the police and he's at this theater playing this theater and there were three people in the audience. And he said he looked up and he finally was like, all right, look, guys, one guy's over here. One guy's in the middle. One guy, he's like, just come down to the front. And he took that and he said he introduced everybody to each other and they just kind of hung out for a bit. And he said they ended up asking us to do five encores that night. He goes, they just loved it. And he says, but the interesting thing was two of the three guys were DJs that then started playing their music. And I was like, man, you know, it never, you know, as much as people go, I only have 50 downloads or I only have 30 downloads. You never know who's listening to your show. And I'm sure those guys were blown away because how many times do you see an artist that's, you know, of course, they all come on and go, are you ready to rock? And all the other cliche pull my string rock star things. But when they're actually talking to the audience and then bringing them down, I remember once I saw a a clip of uh, Eddie Vedder in Pearl Jam and there was a woman up front sign languaging, whatever signing, um, the lyrics. And he says, that's really cool. And he brought her up on stage. And it was just one of those times where you can make moments that really get people going, wow, did you see that? I just saw something that doesn't happen all the time. And then they go and tell everybody. So when you have those moments that you can interact with your audience and, you know, Daniel, you were talking about how she's just, she interacts with her audience and she's, you know, 
you're, that's your people go, I wish I had a sales staff or I wish I had a team of people. Well, you do have a team of people. They're called your audience. And if you can get them to share your audience or share your, your message in your podcast, uh, that'll, that'll be going out there. But, uh, that was, uh, I, I heard that and I was like, oh, that is so going into the podcast. Thank you, Sting. So I just always think every time I see Sting, I think of, uh, was it Dana Carvey that had the joke? Like, how do you go about telling your friends? Cause his name is Gordon. Like, what is, what do his friends say when he's like, yeah, can you guys, you know, they're sitting around playing poker. Can you guys start calling me Sting? Like, how did that go over? I was like, you know, that's, that's a good I'm sure good it's just Gordon. So. Yeah, exactly. Gordy. Sure thing, Gordy. We'll call you Sting, whatever right. you want. Um, but Dana, did you have any takeaways? Anything did you learn from um, uh, International Podcast Day? Any sessions that um, stood out? I think the session between uh, John Lee Dumas and Gary Leland was pretty good. A little yeah. bit about his decision to drop pre-roll ads from his podcast, which is a fantastic decision. I've never been a fan of pre-roll, uh, especially like true what they expect kind of pre-roll, pre-roll, which is when you start the podcast and, you know, welcome to my podcast. This episode is brought to you by so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and that kind of thing where the first couple minutes are nothing but ads. And he decided to drop that and he explained why. I heard him talking about that on Paul Culligan's show, um, the podcast industry report. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought for as far as packing value into minutes, Todd Cochran's session in the evening, Blueberry was one of the platinum, was the platinum sponsor. Todd Cochran's session shared a lot of data that we typically hear him share at um, uh, for the podcast awards. Stuff like percentages of podcasters doing certain things, like only 9% of podcasters have an Android subscription option on their website or certain other stats like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things to really realize, wow, if you do this simple thing, that makes you stand out above 90% of the other podcasts out there or makes your podcast more consumable than 90% of the other podcasts out there. Neat little things like that that could be super easy to implement. That was the only thing that was kind of weird about working for Lipson this year is I was busy working. And originally when, you know, International Podcast Day was announced, I'm like, cool, because I can I can kind of listen to things while I'm answering tickets for Libsyn. But then they said, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing, too, and you have to do a presentation. I'm like, oh, I can't. So, and uh, the, the poor other folks on the, uh, the, the whole day were all passing batons and making sure that tickets are still being answered and all that other fun thing. So it was, it was a long day at uh, the Libsyn office. Then when you start off the day with a bunch of uh, – that you you then Google and find out, hey, there's a switching problem in the camera switching program. And it's like, oh, wow, the one thing that does really well, there's a glitch in in version 7.1. And literally their answer was, yeah, just downgrade to the previous version. Well, we just bought this version. We don't have a version. That, I'm like, when your answer is downgrade, that is not a, uh, a good answer. So so it was fun. But uh, like anything else, you know, you you go out there, you try it. And we now have a lot of lessons that we're going to be pulling from for if we do it next year. I don't know if we're going to be doing this every year, but uh, if we do, we we definitely know. I know Crystal was like, if we're doing this next year, we're we're buying a studio. We're not because she a lot of that stuff was our microphones, and she's like, we're going to have them foot the bill for all this stuff, so we don't have to keep tearing it down and ripping it up. Any time that you do something crazy out of the norm, new, anything like that, like live streaming or hosting an event, always take notes during the event. Those things that you think, oh, man, I wish we had this. I wish we had done that. Mm-hmm. Or take notes of the things that people complain about as well as the things that people praise so that the next time you do it, you can have that list to see this worked really well. A lot of people like this or I remember regretting this. And so you can make the next event even better. Yeah, I know uh, you were using Fire Talk. What have you jumped to now that Fire Talk is basically I've been jumping around with uh, my live streaming when I stream the audacity to podcast live on Mondays at 2 PM Eastern over at the audacity to podcast.com slash live. I'm trying to get my plug in because uh, not many people show up to the live and that's fine. I I do it for the few people who do show up live. I might go back to Facebook live uh, simply because it's really easy to promote. It's not at all easy to embed properly on a website because Facebook live video 
um, their coding in the background still assumes it's square video from a mobile device. So if you're broadcasting 16 by 9 widescreen video from a desktop um, with software or someday with their built-in streaming tool, you embed it and you either get this these uh, bars on the top and bottom and it embeds as a square, or if you crop it down to the correct aspect ratio, then it, it cuts off the bottom of the video it's, and puts this black spot on top. So I don't know. Um, uh, Facebook Live probably is where I'll go. Uh, Huzza's nice. Uh, I saw the, the comment about smile time, so I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I, I, that was a new one to me. I'd never heard of it. So, And I know um, uh, Stargate Pioneer mentioned the one that Cliff used years ago. Ustream. I forget the name of it. Appear.in. There you go. Tell them what he's won. Ooh, it's a T straightener. Very good. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so... I haven't played with that ever. I, I, mean, I played with it when it first came out, but um, the know, thing we'll for me with doing live is the reason I do live is not to build an audience. It's to engage the audience I have. And, and I told someone exactly. this um, last yeah. night when we had a Cincinnati podcasters meetup, I love coming here to ask the podcast coach.com slash live uh, Saturdays at 1030 Eastern in the morning because of the engagement. It's a very engaging live show. There are other live shows on the same day or different days, but they're not as engaging. I love engaging in the community, engaging with the show. Um, so that's why I like coming here. So when I'm looking at different live uh, platforms and playing with different ones, that's what I'm, I'm trying to keep in mind is what is the easiest for my audience to engage on? Not necessarily the one that gives me the best branding, um, I can always redirect slash live to wherever it needs to go or embed maybe on the site. But I really want to focus on what makes it the easiest to engage because my purpose for live streaming is to engage, not to try and get new people watching. Right. Well, hey, we're going to hang around. We're going to we're going to put a, a button on the, uh, the 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 pre whatever we're calling this, the, the free show. And uh, Michael, buddy, thanks for, for coming on. Find Michael over at zensharkmedia.com. Tell everybody about the series uh, you're just, working on. I call it 10 Steps to 25 Episodes. Um, and and it's, it's podcast launch, um, but it's my spin on it. So it's really focused on telling your story, your content, you know, very little, very little about social media, marketing, microphones, things like that. It's really about what's your passion and how, do you, how to bring your passion to life through a podcast. Very cool. And find Michael over at zensharkmedia.com. You can find Daniel at theaudacitypodcast.com. And, uh, of course, my podcast reviews, uh, I'll give you my link. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR. And uh, you can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. We are here every Saturday, 1030 Eastern Standard Time, using some platform that we believe sometimes for the first time. But uh, we always make it work. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. Welcome to